It's like this little dirty little bass line. I don't fucking care. Can we move on to a new segment, please? Welcome to Just Two Fans, a sports show about sports. Obviously. About life. Because sports are life. And about just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. So, uh, let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome. What up, what up? Welcome to Just Two Fans, the inaugural episode I am Jamie Friedlander alongside my co-host Eli Johnson. That's me. I would say I hope you're having a good day and I hope this makes it better, but that's that's old, Eli. That is that's seven years ago, Eli. That is old news, my friend. <laughs> that's old news. I hope this I hope you're having a bad day. No, that doesn't work either. <laughs> that I don't like that. That's too aggressive for the beginning of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't start off on that note. I hope I hope you're having a medium day, and I hope this makes it a less medium day. A schmedium. 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 A schmedium day. I hope you're having a schmedium day, and this makes it even more schmedium. <laughs> We're back. We're back under Dude, a new I'm so name. Excited. Because apparently and, some douchebag CEO decided that the playbook is a business podcast. You know what? Screw that guy, man. Screw that guy, because now we're just two fans talking about sports. And in case you haven't noticed, we do have a new name. We also have a new explicit tag. Because fuck censorship. Fuck it. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the F-bomb dropped in the intro. like <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even wait five seconds no, to no. drop an F-bomb. <laughs> That's right. It makes it more real. When we talk sports, we swear. That's just yeah, how it goes. Yes. I think most people do. And also, if your kids are listening to this, wh- Why? You should know better, especially you if you know, know us. If you if you know either of us, you should know better than that. Also, even if you're even if you're not, why are your kids listening to a random sports podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let let them go play outside and play sports for reals. So, just so you guys know uh, what we're about, um, we are two fairly big sports fans. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We like talking about sports, so we're making a podcast, as does everybody else these days. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird, you know. We're we're such a rarity of this uh, having a podcast with two white guys talking about sports. So weird. <laughs> we're just an anomaly. We're breaking <laughs> barriers over here. Yeah, we're breaking them down. Glass ceiling. <laughs> who is that a thing? The glass ceiling. Uh, sure. <laughs> I don't um, know how it works. Yeah. So we, you know, it's a sports show. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk yep. about, you know, maybe bring up some current events. We are going to try our damnedest to stay away from politics because people use sports as an outlet. With yep. that uh, said, they cross over from time to time. Yeah, obviously. I mean, like just an example, Colin Kaepernick stuff. That is such a big crossover. We can't not talk about it. And we're going to give our opinions on the on the topic. We will gladly take any criticism of that that you want to give uh we're open to hearing your ideas uh be civil if you're ever discussing this on any platform that we have um but we don't want to make this a political discussion as much as hey listeners 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 let me tell you a little secret it's okay to disagree it really is and people forget that and and eli and i are going to disagree a lot on a lot of things in this uh, that's mm-hmm. part of what makes 
discussions and podcasts great is we don't always have the same opinion. So just remain civil out there. If you're listening, we're all part of the same family. Just be kind. Please. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm kind of surprising you with this right now, and I feel a little bit bad about this because I literally just thought of it. Great. What should we call our fans? This, Ooh, like that's just, a good question. The just two fans, fans. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 box fans. I like I like the box fans. Um, <laughs> we may need to we may need to have listeners weigh in what on what yeah. they want to be called. I kind of like the just two fans, fans. The just two fans, fans. <laughs> we'll have to make a. Oh my god. The Just Two Fans Fans fan page. <laughs> That's oh, what we'll make. So what they'll make a fan page for us because we're going to get millions of listens. Um, and it'll be the Just Two Fans fan page. And we'll make the fan page of that fan page. So it'll be the, the Just, Just Two, Two Fans, 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 fans fan page fan page. Fan page. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before this gets off the rails too Sorry. far. <laughs> let's, let's, we'll move on now. <laughs> um, it is a, a little... We- Go ahead. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of give the, the listener a little bit of a background because yes. um, some good, people good may idea. not know. So Jamie and I started a sports co- podcast called The Playbook Podcast back in, uh, like, what, 2012, I believe. The, it was it was the it was be- right before those Olympics. Um, 2012. Yeah, so it had to be like 2012. spring of 2012. And then I, like an idiot, moved to Florida. What a um, fuck. I know, dude. I was a oh, dumbass, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, it was, it was a dumb move, but, uh, that, that kind of petered it out. Cause I, I, I don't think we necessarily had the, uh, the funds for the technology required to create a good podcast to continue and go forward. Um, and so now that we're older, wiser and more handsome and way better bearded, uh, way, better. <laughs> way better bearded, uh, we're, we're going to, we're coming back. Um, you know, we were, we were just kind of deciding one day we're like, we're just talking about sports and. Jamie's look. Or he, I guess, was texting, messaging me, going, "This would make a really great podcast topic." And I was like, "Let's just do it." <laughs> yeah, why and not? He, what what and, is holding us back? We're stuck at home ninety percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird, dude. Like it's such a weird time. Yeah, it is. And uh, so, little background on us. Uh, obviously, we had a podcast before Eli. Just mentioned that Eli and I met in college. We were marching band nerds at the University of Oregon, oh, um, and we just have a mutual love for sports, and we get in some pretty heated, awesome discussions about it, so we <laughs> decided that you would love to be a part of that for some yeah, reason. Who doesn't want to listen to us talk about our opinions on I, sports? I, honestly. Don't, I want to listen to it. I, I, I'm going to listen to us after <laughs> I, we, we speak. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to play it back. I'm going to play it back. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's what we're about just the nitty-gritty yeah. you'll you'll understand our upbringing a little more as we come i grew up in colorado i'm gonna have a colorado sports bias Eli i grew, grew up, up in the up northwest in, he's gonna have a northwest sports bias with a broncos twinge to it yeah we'll, um, we'll get a little country colorado twang in there <laughs> but but uh you'll 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 get a feel for what we're all about as we get in here oh we're playing the fight song now I dig it. Yeah. That was an accident. We met at Oregon. This is all it's fitting. A happy, it's it's all a happy fitting. accident. Yeah. It's a happy accident. This is what I get for fidgeting with everything. This is a yes. bottle opener that I have, <laughs> and I apparently opened my thumb to start the music. <laughs> okay, I'm putting that down. Um, all right. 
get into the show a little bit here. Yeah, we'll get into it. <clears throat> so it's kind of a weird year to be doing a sports podcast, although at the same time, it's kind of a great year. Uh, yeah. It's just been weird for me the last four months, and I know it has for you too. We've discussed this, but, you know, we get into March – prime time sports you got march madness you got mlb opening days you got mlb's or uh, nba's headed towards the playoffs nhl's headed towards the playoffs you got the nfl draft coming up i mean it's like sports mecca in march and then everything shuts down and we don't have any of it any of it at all and i I mean for me like it was it was weird i would say but it was a little less weird because i had a lot of other things going on in my personal life that really took over kind of the forefront of everything um however it is still weird that during those like that kind of that time for me that it was um i didn't have that distraction right like I, like I mean, March Madness is like my favorite sporting event of the year, I, and I'm a, you know obviously I'm a diehard football fan, like college football in particular. But I mean, nothing compares to me like the spirit of March Madness, and that wasn't there. Yeah, it's it is bizarre, um, and it completely robbed Oregon of its, uh, another bas- basketball national championship in women. And I will go to my grave saying that the Oregon women were going to win. And yeah, no, uh, that they should just get handed the trophy because yeah, they beat uh, the national team. I mean, I mean, come on, yeah, barring some catastrophic injuries, I mean, they were gonna anyway. Is <laughs> that's neither here nor there, really? <laughs> but it was just weird. Um, you know, I how have. Do, I, I want to know how you dealt with it personally because I know you're like the biggest sports fan I know, <laughs> and uh, like, like, like. I, I, I just need to know how, how it went for you. So, fortunately for me, um, we had our second baby boy born in February. Woo! Um, so, timing You had sex twice. Was, congrats. <laughs> yeah, two times my whole life. Um, he was born in February. It was perfect timing in that regard. It was right before any of the shutdowns. We didn't really have any restrictions in the hospital. But, you know, we're raising a new, an infant during all of this so it's not like we would have been leaving the house anyway to go do stuff you know like restaurants shutting down was not a big deal um you know i missed going to opening day because i go to the rockies opening day almost every year and that kind of sucked but you know as far as our daily life it didn't really change that much because we had an infant at home so in that regard it wasn't too bad the part that was weird for me was you know at night when I unwind and the kids are in bed, I sit downstairs and watch my three TVs in the basement that usually all have sports <laughs> on them, and two of them are empty, and I'm watching Tiger King on my fucking big TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this, this is miserable. You, you know, belly half out on your couch, just go, fuck Carol Baskins! I'm pretty sure I drank more beer in those three months than I've ever drank in my life. Um <laughs> And it wasn't even in excess. I just have beer at night because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, that it was weird. Um, you know, I as I have kids and stuff. You know, I used to watch live sports all the time. Now I watch replays. I don't watch live golf on the weekends. I watch the replay on Golf Channel at night. I yeah. record Rockies games and watch it later when everybody's asleep because there's no point in trying to do it. But I didn't have that. Golf's been back now for a month. That's been awesome. Have something. Mm-hmm. I am literally watching 
the second live baseball game of the year on TV right now, and it's amazing. Um, so it all coming back, it's weird. You know, I'm seeing cardboard cutouts in Dodger Stadium <laughs> instead of fans. They got this stupid artificial crowd noise being pumped in, which sucks, but... Oh, it's terrible. But It's so bad. <laughs> but if you're giving me that or... No baseball, I'm going to take that every day. So, a little day. bit of perspective. I, no question. <laughs> you know. And, it, 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 like, I respect how much work it took them to get back to this. I agree. It just, and I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. Why do these sports always fuck it up? You have the opportunity to do something awesome and innovative. Baseball, one of the most traditional sports of all time that's so hammered in tradition and is losing the young audience because it takes forever and it's slow and everything. You have the ability now to mic up players, do all this innovative stuff, and what do you fucking do instead? You pipe in fake crowd noise from a video game. Yeah. Are you that's, kidding me? That's ridiculous. And also, like, my mom had, like, such a great idea that like these teams could be doing such an easy thing and so something so simple and so good and that is out of every section get like 10 seats in each square by like you know like big sections for one person auction it off give it to charity give it to covid research give it to it's such an easy thing for them to do and she's like you know why why aren't they doing this cuz the the empty is nothing right but and- you you know, like, so my dad's a Rockies season ticket holder. They've been in communication about their, they're trying to get X amount of season ticket holders into the stadium. And, you know, they have to do social distancing and all that stuff. And I don't know what's come of any of that, but it just seems like sports always fall short when they try to, when, when the opportunity presents itself, they get in their own way. Yeah. And, and I, I completely agree. Like that when they were doing the spring training before all the shutdowns and they were having the mic'd up players. That so was the, cool. That was the best thing baseball's done in so long. What's going to get me to watch a spring training game? That. That is yeah. going to get me to watch a spring training game. It's access that we've never had. Yeah. Listening to Bryce Harper talk about how he's scared of the next pitch. Like, that's hilarious and awesome. Like Or... Listening to any team that's playing the Astros give them shit about banging <laughs> trash cans. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's so good. Like, that is good television. And and what are sports other than entertainment? If you yeah. have a product that can be that can be more entertaining, do it. I don't, I just don't understand why they are. Yeah. so it's so weird. Well, especially me. they can play with they can play they could have played with rules here, like old outdated rules that they've been playing with changing. Because well, it's not a real season, really. Yeah, I mean, they're doing that a little, right? You got a 60-game season, which is exciting in its own right. You got yeah. baseball games meaning more than they've ever meant from mm-hmm. the jump, which is awesome. They just announced today that they're expanding the playoffs to 16 teams, which is crazy for baseball. That's nuts. The that's, top, that's pretty incredible. So it means the top two teams in every division make the playoffs. That See, I, I think that's a, like... That's so good. It's perfect. Be- because it makes it makes it so much more exciting, that race. Because, you know, how oftentimes do you see one team go out to this huge lead near the end of the season 
And then there's just like, okay, that's it. Well, or how often, especially at Coors Field, do you see the Rockies out of it in August and nobody shows up to the games in September because the Broncos are starting up. Mm -hmm. You know, you got college football starting up. Nobody wants to pay attention to baseball. All of a sudden, you open up eight more postseason slots. Yeah. Like now, now is it is it the top two in each division, or is it like eight top wild? So here, this is on ESPN. This just was announced today, so I haven't done a lot. But all second place teams in the six divisions will now qualify for the playoffs. The seventh and eighth teams in each league will be chosen by best record. So you'll still have the two wild cards, and then you'll have the top two teams from each division. Oh, that's awesome! I it's perfect, and don't change it. Like, for yeah. the love of God, you found something that works. When we go back to the 162-game marathon of a schedule, do not change this. I, 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 I would not be shocked if at the end of this season, when they see their ratings go up because every game matters, and they, they shorten the season. I, do, I don't think they'll shorten it down to 60. But so I like, believe, and I don't have this up in front of me, I believe they're in – and I, it's either next year or the year after is the end of the collective marketing agreement for yeah. the MLB. They're headed straight for a strike. This is probably a conversation, whole different episode, <laughs> the MLB and their inability to do anything. But um, I believe that's going to be a major part of it. Players asking for expanded playoffs and shorter regular season. Yeah, and I think, I think that, that – we got to understand that that is such a good thing for baseball because, you know, the the biggest part about the biggest problem for me in baseball is the beginning of the season is nothing. Right. Yeah. It's nothing. It's hard. And, I mean, it's it's good because you got it's new. It's a new season. Everybody's jazzed. So you got April. That's really good for baseball. And then you got May through through the all-star break. That's just like, bleh. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's nothing. When your team so, loses, you're like, eh, whatever. They'll make it up in August. Yeah, I think I think that what the what they're going to look at is they're going to say, well, there's there's X amount of ticket sales that are going to go away, right? But and that may be true for the Yankees or you know these these huge fan bases where everybody just wants a ticket, right? Just to go see this like they should, like the Cubs, you know, like right. they're going to sell out every game. That's just because that's that's what yeah. they are. So they are going to lose money. But teams like say the Rockies where there it's, it's an ama- it's a great sports town, but it's not a baseball town. Right. If, if they have that mood, like that, the shorter season where things mean more, those ticket sales are going to go up for each of those games. Right. So it's going to really even out for right. those teams. And here's the other, there's a second layer to this, which is the other leagues. Baseball suffers big time in September and October because the NFL starts. And so this is all centered around the NFL being king and not going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So shorten the season, have the playoffs take all of August, and you will own the summer. Yeah. The whole summer will be yours. Now, this is all dependent upon what happens with the NBA because now the NBA is talking about pushing back the start of the season to Christmas, which would push the NBA finals into July. But still – you got all of August then as the MLB playoffs, and that's all you have other than NFL preseason, which is also on the way out. So yeah. it, it is all stacking up for what you're saying. Shorter MLB season, 
each of these sports is kind of changing their dynamic, and we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, it just makes sense, and I hope they do what makes sense. Like, don't just keep doing what you're doing because you've done it forever. It doesn't – you have to be innovative, especially today where attention spans are lower than ever and people want action. They want instant gratification. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> I lost exactly <laughs> exactly uh they want instant gratification they want the games to mean something like the traditional baseball 162 game marathon not a sprint thing just doesn't work for younger yeah. audiences now. well i mean all you have to do all you have to do is look how popular college football is yep every game matters so much yep that that college football is college football is way like way uh the, the viewership is so much higher and it's because every game means so much. Right. I mean, every what did, it, what did I text you after Oregon blew that game against Auburn? The first game of the year last year. That's it. Yep. That's literally <laughs> what I said verbatim said, yeah. well, it's over. Yep. It wasn't at all, but no. that's how it felt. But and, it also made every other game after that mean exponentially more. Like, could you could you imagine if baseball if ev- like because like in college football every snap counts, every snap, I work like you you boil that down like you can boil every game matters down to every snap matters right and because even like the score matters and like but like with baseball like could you imagine if every at bat mattered? Well, yeah. Today, for example, uh, Washington, New York. Scherzer has probably the worst start I've ever seen. He gives up a two-run home run the first inning. He gives up another home run. Um, You know, Scherzer gives up a four spot, and the game's cut short by lightning. It's a final after six. Yankees win 4-1 against Max Scherzer. Typically, a bad start by Max Scherzer will just be shrugged off and say, oh, he'll figure it out. He doesn't have time to figure it out. No, he has to get hot now. Yeah. And that's and, that's the, that's that's why college football is such like such a more exciting sport. That wasn't English. <laughs> it's is a much more exciting sport right now is because right. it really it truly does matter. Right. It everything does. Right. I agree. Um so that that there's a little dichotomy there. We're celebrating baseball giving more playoff spots, but we're also saying you need to make the games matter more. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. Because well, right now, with the current setup, 53% of the league makes the playoffs, which is a lot. Yeah, that's true. But I think at the same time, like, there's still going to be a huge playoff race, right? No if doubt. You shorten, if you shorten it, it, it makes it... Fully agree with you. Yeah, it, it, like, if you shorten it, it makes that, that the, the regular season so much more exciting. Yeah, I fully agree the, with you. Yeah. I, I'm just... There is yeah, a no, dichotomy I, there. Is, there yes. And it's worth mentioning but anyway so we were talking about college football there for a second and we have both mentioned college football is our favorite sport if if By you far. haven't heard eli say that already which he did i'm gonna say it again <laughs> and you're gonna hear it repeatedly it's not even close for us not even close like i get passionate about the rockies i get passionate about the broncos but if you want to see me go off the fucking rails just go to an <laughs> oregon football game with me or even a Colorado football or a game. Colorado football game with me. Yeah. It, it's uh uh but I you know I'm a little worried. Me too. I got to be honest, I'm a little worried. They the Pac-12 did announce their schedule today. 
which is cool. However, I am I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself very optimistic about it. Yeah, I so think, I well I just think that the beauty of one of the major parts of college football is the atmosphere. Yeah, so there's several layers here. There's the the first layer which is is it even going to happen? Okay, so that's been the question mark for the last three weeks, call it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been tossed up. One of the biggest problems college football has is they don't have a leader. Like, there's nobody in charge of college football. Yeah. There's no Roger Goodell. There's no commissioner. It's just all these individual leagues, and they kind of operate under the NCAA, but they also kind of do whatever they want. SEC, yeah. I'm looking at you. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> Um, That's a whole separate story, but (laughs) fuck the SEC and Um, everything it stands for. So you got the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, Big Ten doing it first. Big Ten came out and said, we're doing uh, conference games only, going to keep it regional. We're not going to mess with other games, only Mm -hmm. conference. Pac-12, the next day or two, came out and said they're going to do the same thing. And then you got the Big 12 and ACC and SEC down there just kind of not committing to anything. So you have these two conferences doing one thing, three conferences not committing to anything, and games are supposed to start in like six weeks. Yeah, it, yeah, I. It's it's so frustrating to me because I can see a, a future for us where we have no Pac-12 football, no Big Ten football, and then we have to watch SEC and ACC. And watch them claim another title and be like, "Oh my God, look how great we are!" Yep. Right. Like, and uh, so that's that's the that's I guess what I'm most worried about. I, I am. I, I said I wasn't optimistic. I am optimistic. I'm a little less optimistic about how it's going to be pulled off. Yeah. So the Pac-12. You mentioned this. Pac-12 came out and said that they're going to play a 10-game conference-only football schedule starting September 19th. Um, and go through the Pac-12 championship game on December 4th. That's great, as long as every other conference does the same thing. Which so, they won't. really, the NCAA needs to step in here and say, this is what we're doing this year. And yeah. we're not going to have bowl games, we'll have conference championships, and there's not going to be a national champion. They just have to come out and say that. Because... Unless you do that, you're going to get what you said. You're going to get the SEC just claiming whoever wins the SEC wins the whole thing, which dumbass fans are going to say anyway, even if the NCAA NCAA doesn't say there's a national championship, somebody's going to claim it, whatever. That's neither here nor there. The NCAA has to step up and say, this is what's happening across the board. You're all doing this. And this is how it's going to work. And we're not crowning a national champion this year, but we're having football. And this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, and which is, it's sad because the NCAA is not going to do that because they're a horribly corrupt organization who has really no business governing what they govern. Well, they have the NCAA <laughs> so far up their ass that they don't even know what weighs up. I mean, yeah. it's... they. It's ridiculous. They're ta- they're they their heads so far up their ass. They're tasting yesterday's lunch. That's like it's so bad. Um, but that's what needs to happen. Do I think I'm going to be watching college football this fall? Probably. Am I going to like the product I, as much? No, I'm not. I'm not going to like any of these products as much. But if you're telling me I get 
some college football versus no college football. I'm going to take the college football every day. And and let me let me tell you something right here is that if this is if the, if if it goes down the way we think it's going to go down where there's going to be just the conference play and that's what we're going to get for the season, I think and uh listener we're Oregon fans. You're going to learn that real fucking quick. <laughs> uh, uh, this is going to be an objectively good thing for Oregon. Because where they, they, they have so much young talent right now, especially right now, there are so many people who could super benefit from one year of experience before they have to get interconference. And so, because we have to break in a new quarterback. We have to, I mean, like, we're going to be losing some key players, but for the majority of it, I think it'll be good for Oregon because they'll have to, they'll get that experience under their belt and get to click as a team a little better. So here's the other thing that I, I agree with you 100%. It's going to be yeah. and good for a team like, like Colorado, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm not split. I'm definitely more of an Oregon fan, but I grew up Colorado fan. I'm a Colorado season ticket holder. I go to Colorado football games. Colorado has a brand new head coach. Their previous coach just bailed after a year. Fuck Mel Tucker, by the way. If you're listening, <laughs> fuck you. Um, How do you really feel? It really benefits them too. You got yeah. you're learning new systems. You got a new coach. You got to figure out how he's going to do things. They're also a young, talented team. They have one of their better recruiting classes in the last decade, maybe the best. Uh, coming in so it's going to benefit a lot in that ways i'm going to run something by you real quick that i just thought of i think we could still have a college football playoff if we can have conference games with all the testing that happens and you have conference champions you can still have the big six bowl games uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give you five words right now and that is get out of my brain I was literally about to bring up that I think we could still have a playoff game because as long as the testing standards are the same across the teams coming into that those bowl games, it should be fine. Unfortunately, what this does is eliminates the mid-majors completely. I mean, this would literally have to be boiled down to Power 5 conferences playing Power 5 conferences in quote-unquote bowl games or whatever you want to call them. Just make it a playoff. I don't care. Um, so it creates a larger gap than we already have between the haves and the have nots in college football. So again, that's a totally separate topic, but if we're talking just purely about college football and the ability to crown a national championship, I mean, in reality, the power five are the only ones that have a chance anyway. Central Florida is a prime example of that. They were that that team should have been there. That team could have beat three of the four teams in the playoff. I think. Yeah, well, that would be a national championship. <laughs> oh, oh, th- never mind. Three of if the it, four that were the four in the that playoff. were in it. Yeah, my yeah. bad, my B, my B. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I no, absolutely. at least two of them. I don't know if they could have beat Clemson or Alabama, but but they played. They could have beat year, the right? other two. <laughs> yeah, they played Auburn, right? Uh, it was Auburn they, or LSU. And they just cracked them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they also had something to prove, and SEC teams that aren't in the playoff just don't care. Uh, anyway, we, uh, we're we going to rag on the SEC a lot, so if you're an SEC fan, you might just 
want to. You're just going to want to turn this off right about now. <laughs> or you can just argue with us because I'm happy That's to true. argue with you. But fuck you. All day. All day. Yeah. I mean, we'll keep it respectful, but fuck you. <laughs> it's a playful fuck you. All like, I would respect, never hate you. Fuck you. I'm not going to hate you in person. Fuck your but opinion. If, if I'm if I'm behind my computer screen and you're telling me that the SEC is all God, I'm telling you to go piss yourself in yep. front of your crush yep. because that's how much I care about you at that point. If we see each other in person, I'll get you a beer. We'll have a good time. But behind my computer, fuck you, man. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, too many question marks to make any sort of prediction about where we're gonna be. I hope. To God, we have college football. I will. I will cry myself to sleep every night if we don't. Uh, it's gonna be a rough fall if we. Yeah. You know, it already sucks that I'm like ninety nine percent not gonna be able to go to any games. Mm-hmm. It it will suck even more if I can't have it on my television. I have a replay of Oregon Arizona State on my TV right now. <laughs> it's a, it's a which I don't know affairs. why because I'm pretty sure they lose this game. Yep, they for sure lose this game. So I don't oh, know no. why I'm watching it. Yeah, turn it off now. But is that last uh, year's or two years ago? Or it's last it year's. Um, it's last year's. The only game they lost besides Auburn. Um, yeah, totally shit the bed. But it was the Oregon Washington game that I had on. That's why this which came is on after. It, which is always always awesome. a good time. Awesome, always awesome. <laughs> um. So so uh. How do you feel about uh, Seattle getting a hockey team? How do you, well, I mean, we've known about it for a while. How do you I, feel about their their unveiling of their mascot and logo? I didn't see the mascot. Well, it's a it's the it's the 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 I didn't mean the mascot the team name nickname, nickname that's the one. Uh, I dig it a lot. I'm I do too. I think it's fucking fan. dope. I am a huge fan of the uh, like. I'm not going to be more a Kraken fan than an Avs fan, but. They'll quickly climb the ranks as to my second favorite I, team. Yeah, well, as as a person who didn't grow up with hockey, really, I mean, like I, I I've told you before that um, the I I grew up a San Jose Sharks fan because in Wayne Gretzky like '96, I liked their logo. That that is literally the reason. And so having a hockey team in the Northwest, I think there should be one in Portland still, but. Regardless of that, having one in the Northwest is going to be super cool. I can have somebody that feels more local to me because I was an Az fan when I lived out in Colorado around you guys, but like something that feels more local to me in general, like because you know I grew up out here. I'm a Northwest boy at heart. Like having that local team, I'm I'm really excited about it, and I fucking love that name. It's so unique. It's so cool, and it get it's so powerful at the same time. Ugh, I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, I like the logo. Oh, the logo smartly designed. It's they, uh, simple I, enough, but also awesome. In depth. I, I read an article about how they were really focusing on not making it cartoonish. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think that really shows. They wanted to make it a real sports team, you know, and I think it really shows. And I think they did a great job. It was either that or the Sockeyes or something like that. And I'm really glad they chose Kraken. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I, I, everything about it's awesome. Um, so little the little Pacific Northwest. Oh, go ahead. It, the Pacific Northwest. You know, I uh, obviously I went from Colorado to Oregon for college, 
and the Pacific Northwest is starved for professional sports. Absolutely oh starved. It is absurd that the only professional teams up there are the Seahawks and the Trailblazers. Just, the Mariners. And the Mariners, sorry. Um, you damn heathen, it's the Mariners. <laughs> sorry. I, I don't know why I forgot that, but, you know, it is absurd to me that they don't have all major sports. It just it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I I so. don't think I don't think uh like Portland could handle an NFL team. I but Portland has a growing movement for a baseball team that I'm so 100% behind and I wanted to happen so bad. Yeah, I so Portland's perfect market for baseball. Perfect. Um Perfect it's a dome perf- market. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't think I don't think the Northwest could support two NFL teams. It's, yeah, it just takes way more of a intense fan base to do that. But um, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, I hope Portland does get a baseball team. Um, I hope hopefully eventually they get a hockey team as well. I don't know if that's going to happen, um, but you know, I also hope Seattle gets an NBA team because I think. They're so close together. Like you are just setting yourself up. Like how do you not have for the any best rivalries Port- in sports? How do you not have any Portland Seattle rivalry games ever? None, zero. You had the SuperSonics and the Trailblazers, but which was I mean, awesome. Come on, how do you like? How do these leagues not get that? I I don't know, man. It's it's so frustrating though, because especially like this baseball thing, it seems like a no brainer. It, it, it really it, that does. Means, and the thing is, they've bought land. They've got the they've got the clout of the people behind it. It's it's going to happen. It just needs it just needs to happen already. Right. And so the thing I've seen on that is they already have a second team for the other conference as well, or the what I don't even know other league in baseball. Division. Um, league national. League oh, oh yeah, it is league. Yeah, you're right. Um, so you got a team in Portland and you have a team in Nashville. Nashville's doing the same thing. They've got land, they have a place, they have team names kind of in place. Like they're they're ready to go for baseball. Nashville's a perfect market for baseball as well. So I again, stop dragging your feet. Just just pull the trigger. Just it's a good do thing. It for crying out loud. I don't it drives me nuts. We need but. we need the Port- Portland Mavericks to play some baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they should be like the I'm Yetis or something. I think it'd be dope. <laughs> Bigfoots, the big, the big feet, big feet, <laughs> the big feet, the Portland, the Portland big, big feet. feet. <laughs> uh, it's so Portland. That would be very, like it should be like it should be like the Portland composters or something like that. <laughs> the Portland hipsters, but just like have like a mustache as their logo with like curl curly cues on the end. The Portland capris. <laughs> Like Capri pants or yeah. Capri Suns? Capri pants. Because both, both apply. <laughs> Capris and orange slices. Oh, my best baseball team ever. The um, Portland Capri, Capri Sun and orange slices. <laughs> a bit of a mouthful, a I bit. will admit. Um, yeah, anyway. Seattle Kraken, love it. Um, excited for it. 2021-2022 season. Yes. Coming your way. Hey, everybody. Uh, I just want to take a quick second uh, away from the show just to give a big thank you to Zeta June. That's uh, Zeta, Z-E-T-A, June as in the month. Uh, big big thank you to them for letting us use their song Low Pan as our outro music. It's off their album Running in the Dark. 
Uh, if you haven't heard of Zeta June, go check them out. Um, they're awesome, super funky, super psychedelic rock, uh, super vibey. And, uh, I mean, you'll get a feel for it. We'll play it at the, as our outro, we'll play it at the end of the podcast and we'll play the whole song. Uh, so you can just sit and vibe for a little bit and, uh, have a good time and go check out Zeta June. Like I said, a lot of fun. Um, and I'll let you get back to the show now. Um, along the news of the day, apparently there's just a lot of news today for, I guess for, (laughs) and this listener, this is going to come out in a couple days. Uh, I got to do editing and stuff, but, um, we chose so, a hell of a day to record. I'll yes, just put we did. it that way. Yes, we um, did. The Washington football team. That is <laughs> formerly known as the Washington Redskins. I don't are now temporarily I'll qualify this. They are temporarily known as the Washington football team. I would like to point out that it is right now the twenty third. They changed the of name July. of July. They changed the name. They decided to change the name on the third. So it took them 20 days to come up with a temporary football name of the Washington so, football team. This goes into exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> One of the first things I saw when I read this and laughed out loud at my desk today <laughs> was LeBron James tweeting. And this is what he said. Just waking back up from my pregame nap to see about the Washington football team bunch of laughy face emojis is that real no way oh man they <coughs> they had a thorough intense long board meeting about that one huh <laughs> it's 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 so funny because it's like it, it sounds like an onion article right oh my God. like they went they went so like it's like the onion, i can see the headline is just like redskins so afraid to to offend anyone now that they named their team the football team. Oh my god! <laughs> like they talk so about overcorrection. Oh my god! <laughs> well, and then of course you go on onto like any of the comments on social media, and you see, you know, just call them the Washington Generics or yeah, the know, human beings, like, the guys in football helmets. <laughs> so they've got like the NFL's post on here: Washington football team established 1932. Like what? <laughs> And then the the uniforms like it's straight out of 1920. Oh yeah, they're going old school. They're they old just school. don't I I mean, okay, the uniforms I get it. Because I don't know like a lot of you probably just think that these companies can whip up uniforms like that. And they really can't. Like any of these special uniforms that teams wear, it takes probably half a year of planning and mm-hmm getting designs and then getting it all produced to actually execute it. So they kind of have to go generic. But but, but I, I got to say, this one looks like it was made in Madden by some like eight-year-old. By me. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care about whatever I make in Madden. So I just yeah. throw it like whatever. Colors, um, colors, colors, blah. Like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's so stupid. But, you know, I, at the end I, of the you, day... Give they're them not the Redskins. Yeah, they are not a racial slur anymore. And I think we can let's give them a little golf clap, Jamie. Well, only done. L- well, very little because yeah, it should not have fucking taken this long. You <laughs> racist pig, Dan Snyder. Good job not being a fucking racist anymore. God, it no, only he's took still, you thirty he's still years. A racist. He just yeah. Well, yeah. I like, finally caught up to him. So this is. Uh, what I want to go to with this. Okay. So 
we're on board that the Washington Redskins was a terrible. It's just horrifying. Not, it's not. It's awful. And horrifying. the reason we feel that way is it's a racial slur. Like mm-hmm. Redskin is literally. It was used a as a racial name. slur. Yeah. It's like call it. I'm not even going to say it, it. It's not equivalent to the N word, but it it's is, not. It is. It's, it's like it's on that. It's it's up there. Like it's yeah. it's really bad. So, with that being said, how do you feel about the Cleveland Indians or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Atlanta Braves or the Florida State Seminoles? I I would say out of those, I think the Indians it would be the most problematic because it like at its core it was a misnomer of indigenous people. Um, I I would say like the Braves. The Seminoles, the Chiefs, those are all very specific things within the Native American culture, and so they're they're drawing from that. I think that because and it's not meant as an offensive thing, I, right? So I I think I agree with you that like the Chiefs, like that is something to be proud of. Like yeah. being called a Redskin is not something to be proud of. Yeah, the Chiefs is something about Native American culture that is an achievement. It's yeah, it's an achievement. It's something to strive towards it, w- like it would be like it would be like calling somebody a like the, it's like the sacramento kings but right, for the native right American exactly tribes. right exactly exactly if you're gonna if you're gonna say you can't use chiefs then you really can't use anything that yeah. is related yeah well, right. and so like it's a and the seminoles slope. the seminoles are like a hundred percent like the the tribe is on board with like and they uh, try they to do it. things right love it because they it's honoring it. them well, and the the guy that goes out on the fifty yard line and spikes the flaming spear, which is super cool. I hate Florida State. But I hate Florida, but so fuck, cool. that's cool. It's so cool. <laughs> um, and we'll probably have a whole episode on college football traditions alone because yes, we are super nerds about it. But <laughs> um, yes, I agree. Like Seminoles, that's awesome. Like the tribes behind it, they love it, they support it, they're involved with the school, like. It's just a cool relationship. Yeah. I agree with you on the Indians. They've gone a good step. They got rid of that cartoony, Ooh, that racist logo. That was so, bad. So bad, they've bad, gone bad. away from that. So they've they've taken a step in the right direction. Again, just like, let's just move it would on. Be, I, it would be one of those things for me. Like, I would get, like, I don't necessarily, and, you know, again, be like kind of being a, a white guy in America, like, I, I I don't know really, I don't really have my finger on the pulse of this kind of thing. Right. But for me, like I I wouldn't necessarily have like I wouldn't like be calling for them to change the name necessarily. Like I, but if they change it, I'd be like, that's a good thing. I I I'd say I'm indifferent at that. So I'm gonna defer to Native Americans. If you yeah, don't yeah. like the name of the Indians. Who am I to say that you're wrong for not liking I'm, that? I'll stand there with you saying yep. they should change it. If you think it is a positive thing and it um, it doesn't bother you, then fine. I keep it. You know, like, who am I to say either way? It, it It's a slippery slope with a lot of this stuff. And, again, we're not going to try to get too political. But yeah. – I, I, I tend to side with the people that it directly affects. And if yeah. if they determine as a group that it is 
unacceptable to them, then it's unacceptable to me, and you got to change the. Yeah. And well, the way Redskins the way I look was at it, way past that line. Way past the the way I kind of look at it, that um, aspect of it is like for me, if if like so, for example, they got rid of the Civil War moniker for the Oregon Oregon State football game every year, and for me, like that's fine. Like it, it was, it was kind of a bummer because it's such a like an old tradition of calling it the Civil War. But I get it, and and so you know, it's one of those things. Like I, I'll, I'm gonna get over that, right? Uh, and so and the thing about it is, like, I'll get over it in a couple years if if I if I'm gonna be really angry or disappointed, and then it's just gonna be the new normal on that game. It's gonna be something different. Well, and- but the people, sorry, the people who um, are affected by it, that's every year for them right now, right? Well, and so. You know, I think the one argument that people have against it is you weren't against this until all this stuff started coming up, blah, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't mean that. It means this. It's like, okay, you can't really tell somebody what something means to them. So yeah. let's start there. Stop doing that. If if you're out there telling somebody how they're supposed to feel about something, you're doing it wrong. You have to listen to what people think. If it negatively affects people, we have to listen. Yeah. Whether something has to come of it, that's a totally separate deal. But this clearly got to a point with a lot of individuals and a lot of meaningful individuals on both sides of this game, talking about the Civil War here, Oregon, Oregon State Civil War, that change needed to happen. At the end of the day, it's Oregon, Oregon State. I'm going to watch. I'm going to hate Oregon State. I'm going to love watching it. And I will call it whatever the hell. It, if they want to call it the Platypus Cup, great. Cool. It's the Platypus Cup. Give well, me a Platypus Trophy at the end. I don't, yeah. take, like, I don't care. It doesn't take, like, people need to stop taking this stuff. And I, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. So I, I need to be careful here. I don't, I want people to stop taking this stuff, like, taking the change away from what the product is. Yeah. Just because you change the name of the civil war doesn't change what is happening on the field or the history that's gone on behind it. It doesn't at all at all. Nothing. So like, and I, <laughs> I don't want to get too political, so we'll probably just move on from this at some point, but just try to remember out there. If you're watching this stuff, like, it's still Oregon, Oregon State. I still hate Oregon State with a burning passion. You know this from me talking yep. to you about it. Mm-hmm. I prob me as an outsider that came to Oregon, I probably hate Oregon State more than I hate Washington. Half of that reason is because Washington during my four year stint at Oregon was Sucked. fucking terrible. Fuck that. So, oh, so, so nice. So all I hear about is how Oregon hates Washington. I'm like, why? We curb stomp them every year in everything. Like, it I, was well, so satisfying, though. But And Oregon <laughs> State was actually a good game at that time. I know that's hard to believe these days. But like in 2008 and 2009, those were hard-fought, it mattered. important football games. And Oregon State fans were nasty to us, and we were nasty to them. But they, they that was the rivalry. That was the rivalry to me. Yeah. So and that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, but taking away the name Civil War doesn't take away that from me. Like no, I still it, hate Oregon State with a burning, yeah. fiery passion. Yeah. Oh uh, no, it doesn't. It it like uh, like I said, it, and it doesn't take away 
anything for me. And the way I view it is like, if if you still, if you as a person or your group of friends still wants to call it the Civil War, nothing's Great. stopping you, my dude. They're just distancing themselves officially, and and that's fine. They're protecting their brand. That's fine. And like, I I don't care. I still I still love the game. And it, like, and it, you know, you kind of bring it back to like the wash uh, the the Redskins thing. You change that name, people are going to be pissed about that change for about two three years, and then they're going to be oh yeah, remember when they were the Redskins back in the day? That was bad. Now they're the Sentinels or the Red well, and or whatever. And, you know, you're going to get the subset of fans that are pissed off about it forever. Always, but those always. are people that just are looking to be pissed off, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So let's let's uh, let's jump off that for a second, um, since we got a we kind of got a little more political than we even promised in our first episode, and <laughs> not really. Let's, I let's... mean, I, so our whole goal there is like, don't you are not allowed to tell people how they're supposed to think. So don't do that. Don't tell me how I'm supposed to think. You can think differently than me. I can think differently than you. But you cannot tell me that I'm wrong for thinking that the Redskins should have gone away. Yeah. Uh, I think I can boil this down to just a few words, and that's fucking chill vibes, bro. Just give each other the chill vibe. Just chill. And just be nice to each just other. Just be nice that's to each other. That's all. That's it. So let's okay. let's 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 ramp Moving it back. On. Let's take it away from sports for just a just a quick second, my dude. And let's let's talk about what beer we're drinking this week. What's your beer of the week, my man? My beer of the week is a new one from fall of 2019. Okay. From Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. Not sponsored. We're not sponsored. It is not. But <laughs> but Avery, if you're listening, sponsor us. Kyle Stewart, I think you're probably not listening, but sponsor, sponsor us. <laughs> um, Stampede, the official <laughs> beer of the University of Colorado. Oh, fancy. Uh, it is a nice, light Colorado gold lager. I'm showing Eli the thing here. Ah, uh, yes, nice. this audio medium. <laughs> It's got it's got Ralphie on the can. Oh, that's that's actually pretty dope. Maybe we'll you should take a picture and put it on our Facebook when we I will I will put do all that. our shit up live. It has the CU logo on the can. I don't know if you can see it up there. Oh, I do. Yeah, I can see it. So it is actually the official beer of the University of Colorado. They sell it at every sporting event. Um, nice, simple, easy to drink lager. It's a great tailgating beer. Just solid beer. Nice. My beer of the week. I'm going to crack it right now. Check this out. A little ASMR for our audience here. I'm going to crack a new one, too. Oh, right. yeah. Here we go. Oh, man. That's oh, so, so nice. Good. That's so good. I'm going to go deep, sexy voice for this. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> my, the, my beer on over here. <laughs> Did your pants get shorter? <laughs> no. Uh, hold on, dude. I'm trying to do a bit. I gotta go back in the low, sexy voice. I don't get into that easy. <clears throat> Wowza. It's a low-cal, hazy... <laughs> it's a low-cal, hazy pale ale from Deschutes Brewery, local brewery here in Bend, Oregon. Uh, it's 100 cals. 100 calories, because I'm trying to be Shit. less fat, but I still like beer. And uh, it's a daily struggle. But it's actually it, only 4 grams of carbs, so I don't know if that's keto, because I, I don't know what keto is. Um... <laughs> But it's it's a nice sessionable beer. It's four percent. It's uh it's pretty tasty, man, and it's local. It's from my favorite brewery, Deschutes Brewery. Deschutes Brewery, sponsor me. I just did. I Deschutes Brewery, 
I'm doing sexy low voice. Please sponsor us. <laughs> I've I miss this shoot so much. <laughs> it's so fucking good. And it's not as good in the store here as it is there. So it and also it's even way more better. Way more better on tap. I hate mm, you girl. Right now. Mm, girl. I hate you right it now. is good. It is Thursday. Colorado has a lot of good breweries too. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> but the shoot the shoots for me is like the top is fucking the top. Yeah, notch. I, I can't argue. There, Although, there Avery, a, I still love you, so if you do want to sponsor me, I'm right here drinking your Colorado lager. You can also sponsor me. I will not be against that at all. Nope. Just <laughs> not just at all. Um, yeah, dude. So that's my beer of the week, and yeah, I'm, solid. I'm really liking it. Solid. What's up next, dude? Oh, what do we got here? How about some of these big contracts we got coming Fuck, out? Dude. Get money, get paid, so, dude. Holy so, shit. So there's some huge ones. So obviously you got Patrick Mahomes signing the $503 million deal for 10 years with the Kansas City Chiefs. So preface this. These first two contracts that I'm going to talk about directly fucking affect me in a negative way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't realize that until right now. Me too. So, god damn it. Fuck. But Patrick Mahomes, okay, I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. Hate them. So, let's get that off. You're fine being the Chiefs, so I don't hate you for that reason. But I love Patrick Mahomes. Oh my god, he's so fun to watch. He's so and he he seems like such a chill, fun dude. He like, if you want a face of the NFL, like, if you're the NFL and you want a face, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And just, like, the skill he's showing. His vision is unfucking real It's... I hate using the term generational talent, especially on a guy that's only been in the league for, like, three years. Yeah. But it, we have not seen something like this out of the quarterback position. And that's a position yeah. that doesn't really innovate. So you got, like... So you have your John Elways and your Dan Marinos that are the traditional pocket passers. You got your Michael then, Vicks. Then you got Michael Vick that's running all over the place and being flashy, and but doesn't necessarily have the vision you're talking about or anything like that. Yeah. Then you bring it all the way back to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, who are not athletic. but And the slowest people alive. But have the brains <laughs> and the arm to get it done. And then you got this young gun coming out of Texas Tech. Um being drafted by the Chiefs, and they do the smart thing. They sit him for a year when he probably could have come in and started right away with everything he's showing. But they sit him for a year. Uh, first game he starts is against the Broncos, week 17. He lights him up, whatever. Um, We're and over then, it. And then he just doesn't slow down. I mean, this guy does stuff on a better. week on a weekly basis that is just – Unbelievable. I, I saw a video of him today. I'm pretty sure it was on Instagram. And it's him practicing a behind-the-back pass to the flats. It's a fucking bullet. Dead, like, dead into the dude's hands. The guy's, like, 15 yards away from him in the flats. He's just, zing, right at him. It's just like, what? What? Where I, like, I can't even comprehend from? that shit. No. And you see videos of him throwing footballs out of the stadium. Or, like, throwing across the field without even looking that direction. In a game? 
Who does that? He did that in a game against double coverage and threw it on a dime. Okay, so here, here, here's my unpopular opinion. It, it may not actually be an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to call it my unpopular opinion right now. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes is better, but Lamar Jackson is more fun to watch. He made fun Ooh. of his tight end while rolling out of the pocket to run for a touchdown. Because his tight end's throwing up his hands, like, give me the ball. And he goes, and run. his swagger is just too much fun to watch. Oh, man, that's tough for me. But I, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the more franchise quarterback. He's got more of the skill set. But for me, watching Lamar Jackson play, he's so everything is so effortless. Uh, don't get me wrong. He I'd just have flows around the field. And you can tell he's just having fun. Yeah. That, I, I think... I, I think I that's something that. cool with a lot of the younger generation coming out right now is they're having a lot more fun with the game. Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, you got yeah, cuz if you go back, let's call it two decades now, 2000, you got Peyton Manning and Tom Brady coming into the league. Those are two of the most serious dudes ever. Yeah. I mean, Peyton Manning was the most no-nonsense quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. He was a dick. To people. Yeah, and they understood, right? He he earned that respect. He got to the point where he was allowed to be a dick, yeah. but he was a dick. Like it was not fun to be at a practice with Peyton Manning. Now, yeah. he got results, so everybody understood why he did it and they they bought in, but it wasn't fun. Yeah. I guarantee you it is fun to be at a practice with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I, I guarantee I, it. This I bet I bet they just have a fucking blast, right? And a lot of people, you know, three years ago would say that's why they're not going to win, and then here we sit with the Kansas City Chiefs as world champs. I think I think there's 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 a shift in mindset that's that's being lost on some people. I think over the last decade or so, people are starting to show that you can have fun and be prepared. I think I think I think it, the, the focus used to be, and, I, and I, I've noticed this in the business world, even in like my jobs that I've had, where people think you're not taking it seriously if you're having fun. You, I think there's there's this growing. Like, I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes; he's having fun and he's killing people. He's just absolutely running train on every other team he plays against, and I think I think that's kind of showing that there is you can have fun and. Uh, you can't have fun and be prepared. Succeed, yeah. I agree. Um, there's a total culture shift, especially in the NFL, where things kind of just had to be done, you know, to a T. And you're in the film by room, by the book, right? Studying, you're in the film room, head in the study. book, always. Yeah, and don't take a play off, and all this stuff. And um, it does seem like there's a culture shift, and that's transitioning down to college football as well. Uh, it appears because everything that happens in both of those are basically interchangeable. Um, but it's a good thing. I mean, it like it makes it more entertaining sport, right? I, again, traditionalists probably aren't going to like it. Um, uh, to that, I say I don't really care if it makes it more <laughs> entertaining for me. Great, and that's really you know, sports to me is an escape. And the reason I come to it all the time is it gets me away from all the other crap that's happening in the world, yeah. whether it be politics, whether it be 
whatever you want to say that you want to get away from, that's always been sports for me. And for some people it's music, but it's sports for me. Um, and if you're going to make the product better and more entertaining, great. I'm all for it. So you got Patrick Mahomes with this mega deal, half a billion dollars potentially Oof, uh, through all of nice. it. And then today, again, today, apparently all the news is coming out. Mookie <laughs> Betts signs a 12-year, $365 million extension Chump change, with dude. the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> Chump oh, change. my God. What is with these fucking teams in my divisions that aren't my teams signing <laughs> these huge deals for superstars? I hate I, it. I hate it so much. Yeah, like it's funny because it's like – I my first reaction to that contract was, that's not that much because Patrick Mahomes just signed this super deal, and I'm like, like he's only making oh he's only making like 28 million a year like it's that's stupid. Could you I I couldn't even imagine getting that kind of money to play yeah, the game. Yeah, so I love. Uh, let me take a step back with these big contracts. So one thing I hear a lot is, why do we pay all these athletes all this money and we don't pay anybody else. Let's just take a timeout. If you are the best at what you do in the entire world, you're going to get paid well. Period. Oh, don't get discussion. me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they, don't, know, they haven't deserved that. But. I'm not saying you're saying that. Yeah. I hear that out there in the world. We shouldn't be paying these athletes as much. If you're the best at what you do in the entire world, you're going to get paid. Now, is the best garbage picker going to get paid a lot? No, of course not. But... If you get if you're the best at what you do in the entire world, you're going to get paid. Well, and, and then and then you also have to factor in like how much revenue they bring into these things. Yeah, like uh, yes. Aside it's, from all that, but like you think about, I mean, how many billions of dollars a year does the NFL make off these guys? Billions, because everybody watches. There's ads. There's merchandise. They're just getting a cut of it. Right. And and like in like and they're the be- like you said they're the best in the world at it. You're wa- you're watching you're watching things that you could never dream of doing yourself. And you know I, I mean top surgeons in the world I, I don't know if they make quite this much money. Oh, but I guarantee you they're they making do. a lot. I guarantee it. Yeah, they're making a, a significant sum of money. You know you got I mean you got you got to look at it the way you're framing it is these they're the best at what they do. In the world, and they bring in, they they bring in three hundred times the Patrick Mahomes' ten year contract in one year. Right. Yeah. No. I, I, again, we could have a whole side conversation on this, but I'm just pointing out that that <laughs> to me is a silly argument. It, no, um, I think you're right. The Dodgers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate this. And I'm watching the Dodgers. They're tied with the Giants right now, bottom six. Um, but you have Clayton Kershaw. Ugh. So you got what, top five pitchers in the game on the mound. Um, and then you got the young guns on the mound. And I'm totally skipping their names at the moment. But anyway, you got all these this young talent in the pitching staff. Plus Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. And then you got Cody Bellinger and Trey Turner and Corey Seager. And now Mookie Betts. And, and Jock Peterson. And Jock Peterson. And the list just seems to be endless with these guys, and I hate it. So I, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot else to say other than 
I'm stuck being a Rockies fan, and it sucks sometimes. <laughs> Especially as they screw over Nolan time and God again. damn it. Don't that's even get me other... started on Jeff Breidich. Don't. That's because a whole that, other... could be, that could be a three-hour episode by itself. <laughs> and I honestly, I'd probably get in like six words because Jamie would just be pissed. <laughs> God damn it. But anyway, <laughs> sucks being okay. a Rockies fan sometimes. Yeah. So speaking of our, our fandoms, I guess. Uh, you and I both did um, these these Facebook challenges, I guess, because we're old people, and that's what old people do on Facebook now is do these weird challenges. You know. Um, <laughs> you know. And uh, we did – it's the our top ten athletes that, I guess, shaped us, inspired us, you know, made us want – like. The, the, our, our biggest fandoms of like our, our, our idols, our sports idols, as, as we were growing up. Uh, we're going to shorten it down to our top five uh, because we don't want to do an eight-hour episode on sports <laughs> idols. That we, we don't, You don't need to go into our tire history. But um, so, uh, yeah, you want to start? You want me to start? Uh, you brought it up. Why don't you start? Okay, all right. So my number one, and this is with a fucking bullet, like number one... I, I mean, it's really my top three and then everyone else, but this, I mean, this guy to me is I top notch. Uh, and that, that, that is the kid himself, Ken Griffey Jr. Now, like I, I like, so a little background, uh, I, my first six years of my life were spent in uh, Seattle and my parents were super poor. They couldn't afford a whole lot. What they could afford were two tickets to the nosebleeds at Mariners games during the, I guess it would have been 94, 95. I don't, I don't really know if we played the, or went to the 96 season much. 93, 94, 95, somewhere in there. Um, and they, they could, it was $8 for each of them. They could get us into for free and they could bring their six pack of beer in their, in the diaper bag. <laughs> And they could just let us run, and they could watch, and we could sit there, and we could watch Griffey, Buner, Randy Johnson, uh, Joey Cora, Dan Wilson, these baseball giants, and these these guys who went on to win what was it, 119 games or some crazy shit like that, yeah. um, like these guys who were just insane athletes, and we got to watch them, and I have so many good memories. Uh, really, my first memories are of watching Ken Griffey Jr. play baseball, having his poster on my wall, uh, being really, really, really devastated when he went to Cincinnati. And uh, I mean, that's so that's that's kind of my story behind why Ken Griffey Jr. is such a big part of my childhood in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue um, growing up a huge baseball fan and playing baseball my whole life. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was hanging on my wall. Um I, I can't argue with that. He yeah. <laughs> also made it into my top 10. I believe he was actually in my top five, but for the sake of the podcast, I have left him off. But he is top notch, one of the top athletes I've ever seen. And the epitome of cool. Um, he basically invented the backwards cool. hat. Epitome of cool in an era that was riddled with steroids for every account that I've ever heard. He was clean. He did it the right way. Uh, just top-notch person, athlete, role model, idol, whatever you want to yeah. call him. He was top of the line. Now, I believe that you told me that he was the second poster on your wall, and I believe your number one is your number one on your list. So hit me with that, brother. 
My number one on my list is The Big Cat, Andres Galarraga. I have a signed jersey of him hanging in the basement here uh, in my man cave. Um, You know, he he was the first first baseman for the Rockies when they were an expansion franchise in 1993. Uh, He hit the ball a mile. Uh, (laughs) He was just cool. Um, I my mom dressed me up as a the big cat for Halloween one year. I had cat ears <laughs> and a tail and a Rockies uniform with Andres Calarraga's jersey. Um, Knowing your you know, mom, that makes a hundred percent sense. <laughs> um, and uh, he's the reason I wore number fourteen. You know, my entire baseball career and basically in any sport I ever played. Uh, just top-notch dude he beat cancer at one point i believe he was with the braves when braves when he did that uh he had a small stint with the giants uh which was devastating for me being in the same division but anyway uh growing (laughs) up you know we had tickets along the first baseline at coors field i remember vividly going to those games and being you know 10 rows away from him anytime we went it was just cool so Andre Scalaraga is kind of an under-the-radar pick there for a lot of you. Many people probably don't even know who he is, but uh, he was the coolest for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's go. My number two is – I I think we kind of talked about him earlier. uh, John Elway. Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, best athlete on one of my favorite teams – you know, uh, growing up watching my, cause my dad grew up in, or he didn't grow up. Well, yeah, he grew up in Colorado. Um, he was, he's a Bronco fan through and through. And so he kind of brought that to me as a Pacific Northwest kid. I was still a Broncos fan. I wasn't a Seahawks fan. I've never been a Seahawks fan. Um, and so, you know, just watching him and watching those Super Bowls, watching that helicopter flip. He, I mean, it was awesome to watch, you know, they were of course amazing, I had I had a whole like corner of my room dedicated to John Elway. I had his like trading cards. I had his Wheaties box. I had a poster. I had a big Broncos flag. Like I, I was pretty obsessed with it for a while. And um, but yeah, I, I just you know he's one of those guys who, you know, is a good guy as well. I mean, for the most part, uh, whether he's a good GM or not, we we still have yet to find out. But <laughs> as a player, well, I mean, he, no, he does have a Super Bowl as a GM. It's true. It's true. He's yep. You're right. You're right. Um, whether he can do anything beyond get Peyton Manning is, <laughs> remains to be seen, but yeah. <laughs> headed in the right direction. Anyway, another discussion for another day. Yeah. My number two big shocker here is also John Elway. Ooh. Um, I, growing up in Denver, obviously, and the '90s and when I was starting to get into sports was the late nineties. And that's when the Broncos were basically unbeatable. And it was largely because of John Elway. It's impossible to keep him off his list. Um, You didn't go to school without seeing half the kids in Broncos jerseys when it was the fall. I mean, it just, yeah, he was Colorado for years uh, in the peak of my childhood. So can't keep him off the list has brought the only three Super Bowl championships to the Broncos <laughs> so I really can't argue anything about it that's totally fair totally fair all right my number three 
Joey Harrington. Oregon Duck. Solid. Legend. Solid. One of the greatest quarterbacks to run through our system. Pro career didn't go so hot. But, <laughs> I mean, and like another, it's another guy on this list who's just like a good dude. He's, and he's made a great career out of broadcasting. He's really good at broadcasting. But watching him play, watching him uh, beat Colorado, <laughs> you know, like it just shut up. <laughs> when, like, especially like when I was younger and I was playing flag peewee football, I was watching Joey, right? And you know, I I was trying to imitate everything he did, and you know, um, and so I was because I was playing quarterback at the time too. So you know, he's of course he's going to be my idol because he's an incredible quarterback on one of my favorite teams at the time when I'm also playing quarterback. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to argue. I mean, I even, so let's see, what was that? 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, so that was when I was really starting to get into college football. The buffs were really good. Um, you know, I was into it. I was watching every Saturday. Um, I vividly remember being at, my aunt's house one day one Saturday and I saw Oregon I don't even remember who they were playing but I said those uniforms are cool is what I said (laughs) to my dad and this is 2000 before I was even remotely associated with Oregon in any facet in any way my family has nothing to do with Oregon (laughs) so far removed from anything I did but that is what I said on that first time I saw him in 2000 they proceeded to kick the shit out of Colorado. Yes, in they did. The Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> um, that is a side note. But, um, yeah, Joey, I remember the billboards in New York City, Joey for Heisman. I remember all of it. Uh, the Joey hype was real. And um, another tiny side note, I was a business major at Oregon. Joey was a business major at Oregon. Uh, just... Speaking to his character, I had a professor who had him in his class, and he said Joey was always the first one in class and sat in the front row right in the dead middle every time. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. So, it just be, you know, star on campus. He's potentially going to be a Heisman winner at the time, and that's how serious he was taking pick. his classes. Yeah, that's insane. So it just speaks to the character that he had. So. Yeah. Solid pick for number three there. Thank for you, you. Thank you. Thank you. My number three, not so solid of a dude. <laughs> turns out. But total catalyst in his sport. Um, maybe the most prolific athlete at his sport. Um, reaching beyond sports and just being a figure ever that I've ever seen. Uh, at least one of the top two. Tiger Woods. Uh, um, solid choice. You know, solid not choice. solid dude. Turns out we turns didn't know out. this back mm-hmm. in the day when I was watching him, but turns out to not be the greatest dude. He's getting better now, but but he opened the door for the younger generation of golfers. He changed the sport. Absolutely. And how many? Better. There are not a lot of people, not not a lot of athletes in the history of sports that ha- can say that they like. I, I mean. 180 flipped on its head. Right. Golf was headed in a terrible direction in the late 80s, early 90s. It was it just it was, was not stuffy. It was yeah, boring. exactly. It was total elitist sport. It was only for the rich and you know, not accessible to the layman. 
yeah. essentially. And then Tiger Woods comes along and just blows it all up. He's energetic. He's he's getting hillbillies you know, on the course. Right. He's pumping his fists. You know, he's he's Billy Matt or not Billy Madison. Sorry. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. He's Happy Gilmore to a less extreme, obviously. But you know, he he made it cool to be play golf. Yeah, and, absolutely. And and at the time, that was something that not many people could say. Yeah. Um. Just ama- I vividly remember his chip in the Masters in 2005. Mm. Nike logo in. Nike logo <laughs> in. I I was hooked forever for golf at that point. I've yeah. never seen I, and for a sport that is normally so boring. <laughs> and even as a kid, I was like, "Why does my dad watch this crap?" <laughs> you know, I'd fall asleep on his chest watching golf because there's nothing better to do than fall asleep. That was one of the most exciting moments I've ever seen in sports, ever. Absolutely. And it wasn't even and, the 18th hole. That's the crazy part to me. Right. It was 16, <laughs> and he still had two holes to go, and he almost blew it, actually, yeah. <laughs> on those remaining two holes. But it was one of the craziest. Like, the crowd just went nuts, and he went nuts. It was just so cool to see. So, Tiger Woods um, and, you know, he and Michael Jordan, I guess, would be the only two that I could say have transi- transcended their sport um, in that same the most. Way. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's a good I, – I mean, can't argue that. Uh, amazing, right? Um, one of the most dominant athletes of all time. So, yeah, it's hard to argue that at all. Uh, my number four, a little dark horse here. Because he's not your Vetus. He's not my Vetus. He is our Vetus. Sabonis. Center Portland Trailblazers. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little opinion here. If he because he was he was drafted and then much later in life came into like into the NBA, some weird contract stuff. Like Lithuania just wouldn't get rid of him uh, because he was so good. If he had played in his prime in Portland, he would be considered the best center of all time. He was 7'3", seven, seven three, nearly 300 pounds, and was, I mean, he was dominant when he was 35. Do, like, dominant. And I, if he had been playing in his 20s in the Blazers, or for the Blazers, or just in the NBA, unstoppable. The man, the man his hands go, all, like, halfway around the basketball, not kidding. I went to I went to like a Nike store in Portland one time and they had his handprint on a ball. And I it looked like um I looked I looked like I had a baby hand. Like it, it was it's ridiculous. And I, but I mean he was dominant even in his I mean mid to late 30s. as a center in in a center's league like it was insane. <laughs> yeah, so that's for sure a hot take because uh, for me okay, so little tiny backstory when Eli posted this I believe the text that I sent to you was who the fuck is that uh, that's verbatim <laughs> so um it's hard for me to get on the level of best center ever when you've got Jack hanging out there yeah uh, so for me and my perspective like my initial reaction to that statement is no way has he <laughs> surpassed Shaq but I can't say that 
for sure. Because yeah, like I, you said, he didn't even start his NBA career until his late, late 20s. Um, I, I think it was even later than that. He, he was drafted in 86, and so he was 22 when he got drafted, and he wasn't in the league until he was – uh, 10 years later. So he's, he was 32, 32 when he came to the yeah. league. So I can't, obviously I can't tell you if he would have been the greatest ever or not. And um, Blazers fans, Oregon fans try to uh, at him at Jamie Blazers fan, <laughs> get him, get him at him. Blazers fans, Oregon fans love to play the underdog role. Yeah. And so they love to lay claim to, we would have done this or would have been that. And so I fully understand where you're coming from living in Oregon for six years. Uh, it's just hard for me to get on that level, but I can't say that he wouldn't have because he yeah. played longer than Shaq did. So he could have been better. Yeah. And the problem was he just, he, he played outside of his prime and he's yeah. still dominant. I, well, so. Yeah. It, any guy like that, you can play ifs, ands and buts all day, but there's no way to know. But yeah, I respect the opinion. Appreciate you. (laughs) um, That is so Portland of you. It's very Portland of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number four on my list, sticking in the National Basketball Association, uh, Carmelo Anthony. My man. Um, Growing up in Colorado in the 90s was um, not conducive to being a big Nuggets fan. Let's just put it that way. Um, They were pretty terrible after about 1994 or whenever it was that they were the eight seed in the playoffs and beat the Sonics. Um, I I think it was 94, Dikembe Mutombo. So, like, after Dikembe Mutombo left town, it was like, okay, the Nuggets are terrible. Mm -hmm. And nobody really cared. Um, And then 2003 draft came along. And the Nuggets are in the top three, and you got LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade and all these guys coming out of college, like one of the best drafts in NBA history. And the Nuggets are the third pick. So it's like, okay, we're going to get a generational talent here at three. And, it, you know, the buzz actually started happening around town. Um, my dad went to Syracuse, so obviously – was following Mello and that Syracuse team that won the national championship and everything. You know, the Cavs obviously picked LeBron. I don't even remember. The Pistons, I think, went second, and they picked some European dude, yeah. I think. And then the Nuggets picked Mello. My dad was stoked. And my dad doesn't really get... No, he's a pretty stoic man. Pretty even <laughs> keel. He got pretty excited about getting Mello. Um <laughs> You know, I don't know if it got to the level of jumping off our hotel bed wherever we were that summer, but he was pretty excited. Yeah. Um, and the hype was real. I mean, Mello was awesome. Incredible. Incredible. And, and somehow underrated for what he did in Denver for that seven-year stretch that he was here for a team that was so god-awful for yeah. so long. Um, and he brought them to a Western Conference final that they almost knocked off the Lakers. Um, he was just exciting. And then, you you know, you had the Thuggets in there, and it was just... The Jailblazers, you know, same time. Jailblazers, Thuggets. You know, we <laughs> loved being the hated team. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fun. Oh, um, yeah. 
And Mello is just exciting to watch. So yeah. Mello, number four for me. It's good. All right, my number five. Uh, my number five is a little bit controversial because I really didn't become a fan until about my sophomore year of high school. Is because I started golf in my sophomore year of high school, like really getting into golf and watching it and playing it and being on the golf team and stuff like so that. That was what, like 2000. Four, two thousand four, yeah, right around there, two thousand four, yeah, two thousand four, two thousand five, um, and that's and you know I I was playing and I had I was I was learning how to play and somebody said I don't even remember who said you your your swing reminds me of Ernie Els, and I was like who, Ernie the Big Easy Ernie Els, so I go home, my dad was probably watching golf, and <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm watching Ernie Els play and I'm watching his swing going that's fucking poetry in motion. I I I gotta. It still is, and I I to this day model my game after Ernie Els, and so I like it's he's later in life, so the whole growing up thing is a little sketchy, but it's it's the only one that has followed me to this day, in in their influence on my life. You know that's pretty funny that you have Ernie Els on your list and I have Tiger Woods and your swing is the way your swing is and my swing <laughs> yeah. is the way my swing is. Weird. So, <laughs> little backstory to that. Jamie swings out his shoes. I, I swing out of my shoes. If I try to swing easy like Eli does, it goes way wrong. Like way wrong. really yep. terribly <laughs> wrong. So I don't have a choice. Yeah. But, and that's baseball. Like if you – and it's probably more baseball than me being a Tiger fan. But if you watch baseball players play yeah. golf, every single one of them swings, swings out, out their, their shoes. shoes. All that, of them. That Mike Trout video of him at Top Golf. Exactly. He's like he almost it, falls out the front, dude. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he hit it out of the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He anyway, hit the shit out of the ball. Side note. Yeah. Um, but it, that was just a funny yeah. thing. That, so yeah, number five for me, head. Ernie Els, Big Easy. That is a solid pick. I I I saw a tournament live with the Big Easy, and his swing is as beautiful as it looks on TV. Uh, it is, I wish I wish I would have been able to watch him play in, like in that time. It but, is gorgeous. Yeah. Did you see his comment last week? Huh. By the way, so he was talking about um, PGA Tour, obviously. Bryson DeChambeau hitting the ball like 380 yards on average or whatever the fuck he's doing. Uh-huh. Um, so you've got all these guys saying, we don't need Bryson tees. Like, let's settle down on, you know, like, courses don't need to be longer to yeah. make them harder or whatever. He said something along the lines of, and I, I'm going to screw this up. It's not verbatim. I don't have it in front of me. But he said, instead of making the courses longer – Let's make all the rough for the PGA Tour knee high and make, and put a, a premium on hitting the fairway. I I, I oh I just ha- I have the tweet up right here. It says our game is in a good place. Equipment improvements and distance are here to stay. Full stop. We need serious premium a- on accuracy. Golf courses don't need to be longer. Make the tour rough, knee high, fairways fast and firm, which is fair for all players. My man, I like that. I don't. I okay. So knee high rough. Is literally impossible. Yeah, I mean that's that's so, obviously so super extreme. But I I love what he's saying there because if you start make and and we're gonna this is a tangent and we'll keep it short. They cannot make these courses like seventy seven hundred yards long. No, I, that's just unfair. So it, well, and eliminates I, but, it eliminates I, a lot of good players just because they don't hit the ball that far. Right, and that's where what Ernie's saying. 
Ernie was never the big hitter, ever. But he was definitely the most accurate. Yeah, like, I'm not a huge hitter. I'm really not. I can hit the ball pretty good. But, like, I'm not a huge hitter. And But, like, I'm fairly accurate for the most part. So, I mean, for being a a, a hack, but... (laughs) (laughs) For being a, a weekend warrior. Yeah. But anyway, it was kind of a side note. But I like what he's saying there, and I approve. And yeah, you know, put I a like premium. On, I like it's putting hard, a premium on accuracy. It's it's hard to not like Ernie. I yeah. guess is my whole point with yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number five on my list. Uh, I tried to go with all all of my major sports. Anyway, I didn't go with all of the major sports, but Patrick Waugh. Ah, nice, solid choice. Goalie Avs. Um, all it took was seeing <laughs> seeing those several Avalanche Detroit Red Wings games uh, with total bench-clearing brawls <laughs> and the goalies fighting at mid-ice to love him. Oh, uh, yeah. That's pretty much all it took for me. That's all you want two, is goalies fighting the, at mid-ice. The two Stanley Cups help, but watching him beat the crap out of another goalie was pretty <laughs> awesome. Just these two dudes in the burly ass pads, <laughs> just wailing walloping on each other. Each other. <laughs> That's pretty um, dope. He was he was fun to watch. He was he's another guy that he revolutionized his position. He was one of the pioneers of the butterfly as mm-hmm. a goalie. Um, you know, I I thought it was I older didn't. Than that. I didn't realize it was that. older, but he's he's one of the guys that made it like mainstream. At oh, least gotcha. to my recollection, I may be totally wrong there. Just that's just my recollection of it. Um, I didn't play hockey growing up. It's not something that happened a lot in Colorado. Um, my cousins played a lot of college, in, or a, a lot of college, played a lot of hockey in the Midwest. They grew up in Chicago. Hockey was big, um, and they lo- also loved Patrick Waugh. So that was something cool for me. Uh, as not a big hockey fan, but mm-hmm. you know the Avs were really good at '96 and '98, and they won the Stanley Cup both those years. So um, anyway, it was he was fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I just kind of I just kind of googled it, and they do say that he did revolutionize the way the butterfly was implemented. So that's cool. That's awesome. It was not wrong. Thank God. <laughs> so we're gonna go. We're gonna go bonus round. Bonus round time, Jamie. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you, uh, let's, we'll kind of quick bonus round this. Um, my bonus, my bonus, uh, person here, the big unit, Randy Johnson, Solid. obviously Mariners team, same time when I was a kid watching this big, tall, lanky dude tower over everyone and just throw heat and kill birds. It was awesome as a kid. So <laughs> funny. You mentioned killing birds. Cause like Randy Johnson's one of those guys that a lot of the young kids now probably don't even know, or mm-hmm. like they'll. They know, know the guy name, who pitched but, into a bird. <laughs> yeah, they know his name, and they know he like he did all this stuff. Like he's the only player in MLB history to record two thousand strikeouts with two different teams. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, one of the best pitchers ever. But yeah. everybody's seen that video of him blowing up a bird. <laughs> yeah, everyone. <laughs> so he will live in infamy for that, if nothing else. Yes. All right, dude, give me your bonus. Um, whew. all right. Uh, hmm. I'm going to cheat. Oh, God. Okay, how? You, di- you didn't say it was a one-person <laughs> bonus. 
You oh, said you it was a indecisive bonus. bitch. <laughs> you indecisive. So bitch. I'm, I'm picking basically the entire 1997, 1998 <laughs> Denver Broncos. <laughs> uh, so not all of them. Uh, Shannon Sharp. Uh, Terrell Davis, Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith. I can't pick one of them. I have to pick all of them. Jamie coming in with the bonus eight. What's good? It's four, you jerk. <laughs> Come on. You're I a Broncos dude. fan. I can't with you. Coming over here. You're a Broncos fan. Could you pick one of those four? No, that's why I didn't. That's fair, <laughs> but whatever. So you copped out and went with the big unit instead. Anyway. Yes. Um. I copped out and stuck Terrell with the Davis, rules. Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp. I can't pick one of them. I got to pick all of them. They were amazing to watch for very different reasons. Um, Terrell Davis was prob- in his prime the best running back I've ever seen. And I'm obviously totally not totally objective there. Um, but uh, he was just fun. He had the 2,000 yard season. He is the reason that John Elway won two Super Bowls. So we talk about John Elway bringing two Super Bowls to Denver. It was really Terrell Davis that brought two Super Bowls to Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, don't tell John that. <laughs> um, so he has to be on that list. Shannon Sharp is one of the best personalities oh my I've God. ever seen. Sounds like Johnny can't read. Sounds like Johnny can't read. Uh, call the, pre- uh, I need the president. Yeah, call the president. Call the National Guard. <laughs> Because we are killing the Patriots. (laughs) So good. It's too good. So, And he continues to be a great personality on TV across from Skip Bayless, who's a total joke, but that's... He's a shock journalist. He's a shock journalist. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But anyway, love Shannon Sharp. Ed McCaffrey is the best slot receiver I've ever seen. Um, Also has one of the most brutal oh, injuries I've ever seen gruesome. in my whole life. Uh, I think I was like nine when that injury. Oh, it's so gross. It's so bad. If you haven't seen it, just watch Ed McCaffrey, uh, broken leg, and you'll and find, then, and, and, and you'll find the video. And have a bag next to you or a bucket next to you. And that is the reason we don't have great slot receivers anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the good receivers want to play the outside and not break their leg like that. <laughs> not get just dusted. And then Rod Smith. Uh, and Rod Smith, for me, is on here because he's the prototypical underdog story. You know, he was like a sixth or seventh round draft pick out of yeah. like southwest Missouri State. Tech. And I, I'm not even really ma- – I think that's actually where he went to school. But, um, <laughs> you know, total underdog, but he's the typical – do it the right way. He was never the fastest. He was never the strongest, but he ran pure, clean routes, and he could catch everything that was thrown his way. Jerry Rice which, style. Which, yeah, exactly. He was Jerry Rice, but not Jerry Rice. Yeah. Not quite as good. But but if you can catch everything that John Elway throws at you, then <laughs> yeah. you know, you're pretty good. Because John Elway liked to uh, let it loose from time to time. What? Really? <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I couldn't pick one out of those four. I guess if you made me, I'd pick Terrell Davis Smart. or Shannon Sharp, probably. But um, I'd probably pick Shannon Sharp just for his personality. That is, uh, probably for the personality, Shannon Sharp, just because he was fun and made me laugh. But um, yeah, so we did I it. I, 
We did. We came back from the abyss, and we are we've recorded our podcast. Yeah, We're back, it's good baby. To be back. It it's is good to be back. So good to be back. I'm so excited. We're going to keep this up. We're going to try to go weekly. Obviously, sometimes that may not be the case. Um, but yeah, we'll be a little more structured moving forward. We've got some segments we'd like to do. Um, some recurring bits, if you will, but. We just wanted to get this first one off the ground and running and get, get us, back yeah. talking about sports. Yeah, I'm so happy we did. Um, we're gonna we're gonna throw a little outro music here, but uh, I'm glad you guys all joined us today, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time, huh? Deuces.